Well, hey friend, I hope you are having a wonderful day. I have a question for you. Do you think the greatest battle of our generation is really happening between our ears? Are your thoughts holding you captive instead of the other way around? On this episode, I am reviewing and giving five key takeaways from the book Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. It's a book that's all about breaking free from the toxic thought patterns that keep us stuck. Let's do it. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Ever feel like life is passing you by? Do you want to have a purpose-filled business that lights you up? Do you keep procrastinating and putting your dreams on the back burner? When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt ready or qualified. After I had a session with a coach that totally shifted my perspective, everything changed for me. Hi, I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mama, mindset coach, and daughter of the king. And I'm here to tell you that your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of fear and perfectionism and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. On this podcast, you'll learn how to renew your mind, get clarity on your purpose, and make confident decisions so you can walk out your faith with focus and consistency to finally create the freedom you want in your life and business. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. So of course, this book is right up my alley because it's largely what this entire podcast is about, right? We recently read this book in my Facebook community, which if you haven't joined yet, I want you to go over to Facebook and look us up and join. I will put a link in the show notes. When I first got this book, I thought, oh, like it's not very big. But let me tell you, friend, it is mighty. There is a lot that is packed between the the front and back cover. There's so much in this book to unpack because so much of it isn't really the words on the page, like the amount of words on the page. It's what it brings up in your mind and what it brings awareness to, things that are going on in your mind, the thoughts that you're having, and how they are impacting your life. So I thought this would be a great book to read as a community. And so I kind of put it out there in different places and communities. I mean, I'm on Facebook and to different people that I know. And I had an overwhelming response of people wanting to read this book together. So that was super cool. Today, I'm going to share five key takeaways from this book. And let me just say up front, I highly recommend that you buy the book and read it for yourself. But at least today, you'll get a taste and you'll get some, like I said, key takeaways. And then you can really kind of decide if it's something that you want to dive into. So the first takeaway is that neuroscience is confirming so much of what we already know from the Bible. And you guys, this is something I've been fascinated by for years now. I have a background in psychology, so I am always fascinated and wanting to learn more and more about how the brain works, how our minds work, the difference between the brain and the mind, all the things. And so much of the research that has come out recently has just been so, so interesting. And I've noticed as I have, you know, kind of nerded out on some of this research and, you know, maybe someday we'll do a podcast episode where we can like dive a little bit deeper into it. But as I've kind of nerded out on this research, I have just thought, oh my goodness, 
Like, this is just basically confirming what we already know from scripture. So anyway, so she talks about that in the book here, and she goes in, into it a little bit, not super in depth, but enough that if you are, you know, if you're not up on neuroscience, but you want to know more about that, that is where this book kind of starts. And, you know, one of the things that's so fascinating is the Bible says that whenever we become a Christian, whenever we accept Christ, we literally become a new creation. And we are learning through neuroscience that our brains can change through something called neuroplasticity. And so when the Bible tells us to renew our minds, we literally can create new neural pathways by thinking new thoughts, by thinking thoughts that are in alignment with the mind of Christ and that are set on the higher things and not on things of this world. The second takeaway, and you probably already know this if you are, you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, but it's that how we think shapes how we live. Many years ago, I used to think that what people would say about the power of your thoughts and was just really some airy fairy kind of stuff, right? I didn't really see how my thoughts could impact my life, my experience, my results. It just seemed like, you know, this kind of magic kind of notion or something. I don't know. It, it, it didn't seem true to me. Even though I had read my Bible, and the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on what we think about, and I had read personal development books and everything that put all this importance on your thoughts, it just really seemed like kind of a bunch of, what's the right word, bull manure? But then whenever I found the self-coaching model developed by Brooke Castillo, I finally kind of had just like this linear way of seeing how thoughts impact your life. According to the self-coaching model, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings drive your actions, and your actions produce your results. And so through seeing that model, I could see how, oh, okay, yeah, whenever I think this, I feel this way, and when I feel this way, I act this way. <laughs> and when I act this way, this is the experience I'm having, this is the result in my life. So I kind of already had that background knowledge coming into this book, but Jenny Allen also does a great job in this book of helping you see just how your thoughts shape your life and really impact how you live and the experience that you have. In the book, she talks about how the vast majority of the thoughts that we think are negative. And some researchers say as much as 70%. Now, I also know from other sources, this is not in the book, but that most of our thoughts are repetitive. So that means that we are thinking the same negative thoughts over and over and over again. In the book, she references doing a research experiment where on a whiteboard, she wrote at the top, what are you thinking about? And then down below, she had all of these post-its that said different things. Some of them said things like other people's opinions, finances, plans, the holidays, the weekend, the news, all kinds of things like that, right? And in addition to those, she had positive things as well, like choosing joy, strength, good memories, like stuff like that. So both positive and negative. And as the women came in to the Bible study, they were told to identify a few of the thoughts that they had been having and, you know, take some of the, the post-it notes, the sticky notes that really rang true for them. And despite there being dozens of positive options available on the sticky notes, guess what options got picked? The ones that said stress at work, am I good enough, stress over finances, 
Am I worthy? Failures, rejection, pain, and the good stickies, the ones that said things like choosing joy, strength, good memories, my heart, they remained untouched. So as I was reading this passage about this experiment that she did, I started to think about what would I peel off? You know, what would I peel off of that wall? And so I asked you the same thing. I want you to think about what, what you would be drawn to. What's your tendency? Is it to think about the positive things? Is it to think about the negative things? I think it's our human nature to focus on the negative. It's our human brain that looks for problems and looks for things that are wrong and it requires effort to look at what's going right and to focus on what's positive. Philippians 4.8 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these. Friend, I would love to tell you that it is my natural tendency to think on all the things from that verse, <laughs> but it isn't. It takes discipline. It takes disciplining your mind to think on those things on purpose. And this brings me to my third key takeaway from the book, which is that we have to have an interrupting thought. In the book, she offers this thought that we can use to stop this spiral of toxic thoughts. And the thought is this, I have a choice. We actually do have a choice to decide what we're going to think about. We have a choice to decide what we're going to focus on. And it really does come back to recognizing that we have the ability to choose. Now, sometimes we can recognize that we have the ability to choose and we still choose to go down the toxic path. I know I have. There have been times where I've been fully aware that if I head down this path, it's going to go nowhere good and I've chosen to go down it anyway. That's kind of the first step. Right? Sometimes you first recognize that you have the ability to, ability to choose and maybe you don't necessarily choose right all the time. But recognizing that you are not powerless against your thoughts recognizing that you actually do have a choice and you can direct your mind and direct your focus is where it starts. Okay, so the fourth takeaway is that we need to take our thoughts captive. I mentioned that in the intro to this podcast because it is so important. We must take our thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I remember whenever I was driving down the road, this was not long after our second daughter had passed away, and I was in this toxic thought spiral. I was thinking about all the things I had lost. I was thinking about all the things that I would never experience, all the things that I would miss out on because she was gone. And then I started to think about, well, maybe maybe I could have done something better. Maybe I could have done something different. Maybe if I had only done this or I had only done that or I had done more research or we had found a different doctor, like maybe then things would have been different and she would have lived. I noticed that as I had these types of thoughts that I felt myself slipping into like this apathetic place where I just kind of felt like a shell of a person. Many days the grief was so intense that I, it seemed preferable to feel nothing at all. 
and I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like that option was available to me. I kind of felt myself slipping into this space where I could just merely exist. I remember that day in the car thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to become a shell of a person. I am going to live. And I literally said the words, get behind me, Satan, because I just felt it on me and I just needed to throw it off. I decided in that moment that I was going to live, truly live versus merely exist. Friend, I want you to know that we all make this decision every day, whether we realize it or not. I'm still making this decision. I made it then and I make it now because you have to keep making it. I went to Mardell after that and I found this greeting card and I framed it and I still have it here on my desk. It says, she had decided that God's promises were true and so whenever she had the chance, she would celebrate life. This brings me to my fifth takeaway, which is that we must replace lies with God's truth. Y'all, we live in a, in a time where there is constant deception all around us. It is hard to know what the truth is sometimes. And it can be easier to spot lies that are maybe coming to us, you know, from the internet or from Facebook or, you know, on the television, things like that. But it can be harder to discern the lies that are coming from within our own minds, our own thoughts. We believe things that are lies and we don't even know they are lies sometimes. And that also kind of brings me back to the fourth takeaway about taking our thoughts captive. We think that we know the toxic thoughts. We think that we know the thoughts that are keeping us stuck, that are holding us back, that are lies. But sometimes it's things that we actually think are the truth or are half-truths. And so we need to take every thought captive. This means to examine the things that you're thinking, especially those things that you are thinking over and over and over again. As a coach, I hear my clients say things all the time that are just thoughts that they're having, yet they present it as truth. They present it as fact. One of the biggest benefits of coaching is to be able to see that a lot of the things that you just accept as truth are actually just thoughts that you've thought over and over and over again. As Christians, we need to go to God's word for truth. Those thoughts that you take captive, hold them up against the word of God. Friend, this is especially helpful when it comes to thoughts about yourself. Those thoughts that tell you that you're not good enough, that your thighs are too big, that nobody's ever going to take you seriously as an entrepreneur, that nobody's ever going to listen to you. Who are you to be doing this thing? Who are you to start your own business? Who are you to fill in the blank, right? Those thoughts, those thoughts, take those thoughts captive and then hold them up to God's truth. Who does God say you are? When the circumstances of our lives feel like too much to bear, when things are just really, really, really hard, we have the choice to believe what scripture says, that God is for us. And we can read the biblical truth that tells us who he is. In the book, the author says that we don't have to spin because our happiness is anchored in something greater than anything we can see here and now. In the book, there's a number of lies referenced and then truths applied. And one of those lies is, I am a victim to my circumstances. And the truth that the author offers is, my circumstances provide opportunities to experience the goodness of God. As I was reading this, I was thinking about how, you know, none of us really go around necessarily saying, 
I am a victim to my circumstances. I am a victim to my circumstances. Like, it's not something that we go around saying. As a matter of fact, if somebody asked me, hey, like, do you think you're a victim to your circumstances? I would say, no, absolutely not, no. And intellectually, as a coach, I know that, and yet, and yet, I will find myself acting in a way that is as though I'm a victim to my circumstances. And my guess is you do as well. We all do because we are human. And that's why that awareness, that taking our thoughts captive is so important. And the reason why it can be so helpful to have a coach to help you see where you're doing that, where you don't even realize it. When we think that we are a victim to our circumstances, it leaves us powerless because we believe there is nothing we can do about it. Nothing that can be done about it at all. It leaves us hopeless. But whenever you think about the truth that my circumstances provide an opportunity to experience the goodness of God, how do you feel? I mean, plug in whatever circumstance you're going through right now. It may be hard to believe at first. It often is. It's hard to believe that this is providing an opportunity to experience the goodness of God. But I can tell you from personal experience, it 100% is. On a different episode, I'll go more into my story, but I can tell you, walking through that experience of my daughter Claire passing away was incredibly difficult, but I absolutely experienced the goodness of God like I had never experienced it before. Overall, this book is a great read. I highly recommend it. It's not very long, but it is meaty, so it might still take a while for you to get through it. It's one of those that's great to read again and again. It's something you want to really dive into. I would say it's one of those where it might be good to just read through it once just to get an overview of everything and then go back and really dig into each part of it. My only criticism is that there's not a lot in the book about how to apply what you learn. It, it might be in some of the supplemental materials that I don't have. I know that there is a Bible study and maybe some other things that, that go along with the book. I just read the book only, so I can't really speak on the supplemental materials. Thankfully, I have a 10-minute method that I use to renew my mind daily to replace lies with truth. And I know not everyone does, so at some point I will likely do a workshop so that I can teach it to you. It has been so valuable to me and I just feel like everyone could benefit so much from this method. I want to encourage you to go over to Facebook and join the free Facebook community because that is where we are digging into more of this mindset stuff and helping you develop the mindset that you need for your business and for your life. Right now, it's called Mindset Support for Christian Entrepreneurs. I say that because occasionally group names change, but right now that's what it's called. So you can just search that Mindset Support for Christian Entrepreneurs and join a community of like-minded Christian women that are changing their thoughts and changing their lives for the better. Okay, friend, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.